So, so a, a few weeks ago now, I, I actually started a message called How to Study Your Bible. Uh, I believe it's, a, it's an important topic. Today we're going to kind of really finish that. I apologize to you. With this service, I started something that there was no way I could finish. You know, in my mind, it all worked out. And so I looked like a spaz on stage because I was like, uh, this is a one-time message. I've got <laughs> to give you something now. And, and then Ann Lehman says after the service, well, you could have stopped right there. It was amazing up to that point and then given the rest next Sunday. And I was like, huh. Look at that. <laughs> wisdom. What would that be like to walk in wisdom, you know? And uh, so I apologize in advance. You know, I just, I, I, it, my brain wasn't thinking like that. I just thought, no, this has got to be delivered today. So really, this is the last half of what we started a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the first one could be rendered reading for relationship. So, so that's really the first principle, I guess, that we pull out of our box for, for what, it, what it looks like to actually read the Word, to study the Word. We read for relationship. It's not some religious activity. It's not, a, it's not another check on our belt of, oh, wow, look at me. I'm so spiritual, you know. Did you have your quiet time today? I spent 15 hours in the Word. That's, that's great, but did you encounter him. You know, that, that's, that's great that you spent time sharpening, you know, your, your theology, but, but did you meet him in the process? Well, no. Well, you might want to revisit that because like, what, what's your motivation for reading the word in the first place? To get smarter, to have better theology, or to understand him better, to love him better, to go into a deeper place of relationship, you know, that ultimately brings transformation to the way that I live my life such that, I mean, think about it this way. I'll, I'll say it a little different way. Look, if, if I love you, I'm going to make sure that I'm doing something, I'm intentional with that relationship. If I love you, I'm not going to intentionally harm you. And if for some reason I'm doing something stupid, I'm going to come back behind that and go, I'm really sorry, I did intentionally harm you, I've, I've repented it. You know what I'm saying? Like, but that part of the relationship is that like, if I really love somebody, I'm not actually going to do something to offend them. And so part of my sharpening as I read the word for relationship is that I'm allowing it to sharpen off the rough edges of my life. I'm allowing it literally to renew the way that my mind thinks, not to be more religious, but to be more like him. Not to be more religious, but so that I can encounter him, so that I can in this love relationship so that I could reciprocate something that's of value to him. You, you understand? Like, like, I would never do something intentionally to hurt, to hurt my wife. My, my life's aim in this relationship is to lay down mine and lift hers up. Right? And she gets to do the same thing, and that looks like marriage, and it's glorious. It's a beautiful thing when it works like it's supposed to, as ours does, you know? But that's the same thing in our relationship with Jesus. I'm, I'm laying down my life in the study of the Word, and I discover, oh my goodness, I've been doing that, and that thing offends you, and it, it offends your heart. So I'm not going to do that anymore. It's pretty simple, right? Oh, man, when I say those words, like, you're, that, that's offensive to you, but I love you. So I'm not going to say those things anymore. When I do those things, those things hurt your heart. They, sep- they, bring, they wound our relationship. They bring some kind of a separation. Clouds my ability to hear. So I don't do those things anymore. Because I value my relationship with God. See, if you get nothing more than the reality of the, the, that reading is not a religious exercise, but it's relationship, then you've done good. Now, in 2 Corinthians, or rather 1 Corinthians chapter 2, there's the two, uh, Paul is talking to the Corinthians about how they received revelation. 
You know, he's, he's talking about the, the gospel message, the gospel of the kingdom that they carried. I believe he's also really making a reference to the, to the intermingling of the Old Testament and the New Testament, just the revelation that they walked in. You know, we know of Paul, he had third heaven encounter, at least one of them. You know, and I believe in that time, the Lord literally personally downloaded information to him uh, in, in order that he could release the theology of the New Testament, in essence, being the, two, the author of two-thirds of what we find there. You know, so a revelation that we find personally downloaded from the Holy Spirit, it says, and, and then he says this, in, uh, rather in verse 14. But a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. And he cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised. Today, in the small amount of time that we have, and it seems like that's the case with this message again, I'm, I'm going to be laying out intellectual parameters by which you can better assess the meaning of the Word of God, okay? I'm not suggesting that you throw out your brain, <laughs> okay? Obviously, be, the very nature of the message is intellectual in the way that you're, per, you're, that you're coming at the Word, setting parameters to help keep you from falling into various interpretive traps, okay? But I have to say this. If we're approaching the Word of God only intellectually, we're massively in error, because it's spiritually discerned. And so a couple of weeks ago, we talked about how we have to posture ourselves, as we've just reiterated again this morning, we have to posture ourselves for communion with God. And for it's only out of this place of communion, spirit-to-spirit interaction and connection with the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, it's only out of this place that I have any ability to understand the Word of God as it's written. Okay, so I'm telling you, I'm not, I'm not suggesting that you throw out your brain and that you, just, that you just kind of flutter through like a butterfly of the scripture. I'm going to give you intellectual parameters, but I'm telling you, if all you're employing are these intellectual parameters that I go to today, you're, you're in error. And very likely, the interpretation that you will have in the end will not be the correct one. Is that, is that clear enough? I'm going to say a few other things regarding this. Let's say it this way. If the interpretation that you come to in your reading of the word doesn't cause you to fall more in love with Jesus, you're wrong. Your your interpretation is incorrect. And you need to come right back to the feet of Jesus and say, help me understand this better. If it's literally not drawing you into deeper relationship, you're wrong. Your theology is incorrect. And you have room to question it. Not only room, you're mandated to begin to question it. Okay? Because he is love. Right? He is good. He's the faithful one. He is peace. He doesn't rush to judgment. He's not quick to jump into situations. He's patience. And so we have to allow ourselves, as we read the word, as we understand it, we have to allow the reality that he is love, that he is the the fruit of the spirit. We have to hold those things out. 
and filter everything that we're reading through this. And, and, and this is part of this dynamic. As we're reading the Word, as we've postured ourselves for encounter, for transformation, spirit-to-spirit encounter through the reading of the Word, which causes our mind, our soul, to come back into alignment. You know, as we're doing this, we have to understand, look, first and foremost, that He is the fruit of the Spirit. He doesn't just embody it. He literally is that. And so any interpretation that I'm coming to that appears to be in contrast to the fruit of the Spirit that's outlined, in other words, He is love, He is good, He is faithful. You know, what is it? Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. If any interpretation that you come to seems to be in contrast to what you find written there in the fruit of the Spirit, you are wrong. You're in error. Your interpretation is not accurate. Now, this is incredibly important because there's a lot of stuff that's written in Scripture that's very difficult for us to understand. There are a lot of circumstances that we face in life that are difficult to understand. And just as we, we, we look at the Word and we filter it through the fruit of the Spirit and we say, wait a second, God, in my circumstances it doesn't appear, or in the reading of the Word, let's use those both universally, in my circumstances it doesn't feel to me like your love. It doesn't feel to me like you're the God who's with me. That's a, not the fruit of the Spirit, but it's a truth of the Word. It doesn't feel to me like, you, you know, like you're the God who's slow to anger. It doesn't feel to me like... you know, you name it, whatever that is for you. It doesn't feel to me like in the moment that it's these things. And I know that I must be in error because your word says that you are, so help me to see. And so as I read scripture that talks about in the Old Testament, God devouring even the, the, all of the animals and wiping out the land, I have to look at those scriptures in light of the fruit of the Holy Spirit that I find in the New Testament. Wait a second, God, this doesn't look like love to me. Help me understand this. What we cannot do is come to the conclusion that says, well, then he must not be. I've already proved to you that the word of God is trustworthy, have I not? We spent eight weeks on it. The word of God is trustworthy. You can count on the Bible. The word that is there is God-breathed, the scripture says. It's God-breathed. It's him. He's speaking this love letter to you so we can trust it. And in that love letter, it says he's love. This looks inconsistent with that. I know that it's not inconsistent with that. So release revelation to me. See, I'm posturing myself for encounter with him. It's spirit-to-spirit connection with God. If I don't have this spirit-to-spirit connection and I only approach this word of God intellectually, I will come to the wrong conclusion. I'll come to the conclusion that he's the Islamic God who actually doesn't embody love, who is not love, but instead wants to kill everyone who they consider to be contrary to their view. And I move myself into something called the Crusades. Are you following me? We can make the Bible say an awful lot of things that it does not say when we apply it through the lens of relationship and through the lens of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Hmm. Some may say, they may say, wait a second. So this, this doesn't make sense to me because you're trying to place a higher value on the word than on God's actual actions. And don't actions speak louder than words? And and if he is in fact good, won't his actions prove that out in my life? Not necessarily. And I want to show you why. Travis, come up here. Now. No, it sounded like a nice command. It was a command. You get up here. 
The reason is because of perspective. And I want you to apply this universally to your lives, to your circumstances, but also to the reading of the word as you look at things and you're like, wait a second, this doesn't seem to line up. I don't understand this. The reality is perspective. Because I can be in the middle of my situation. (laughs) (laughs) I can be in the middle of my situation. And and I could be like, oh God, where are you? Give me a hug, Travis. I told you like three weeks ago. I know, I I totally forgot. I thought maybe you were changing your mind. Oh God, God, where where are you? In fact, it's more like this. Come on, do your job. There you go. Oh God, where are you? I don't. I just don't know where you are. I don't. I don't feel your presence in my circumstance. Like the enemy is encamped all around me, and they're they're all coming against me. And I, you said that you're Emmanuel, but I don't know where you are, God. See, my perspective is off. All right, man, what you doing? Come on. <laughs> I just don't even know about this guy, right? <laughs> my perspective is off, right? Like, where was God in the illustration? He was, he, was, he was so in the midst of me. Like he, was, he's, 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 he, he is Emmanuel. He is the God who's with me. He hasn't forsaken me. He's the God who, whose love I can't be separated from. And I'm looking around at my circumstances and I'm like, oh, this doesn't look like you. Where are you at? Well, my perspective is wrong. And so the reality is this. In that moment when my perspective is wrong or when my perspective is off and the word of God or my circumstances look contrary to what I know to be his character, I have to understand that all of the facts are not in yet. I'm too close to the situation. I'm, my, I'm just, I, can't, I can't actually see. My perspective is wrong. And so I lean back and I say, no, I know that you're the God who is with me. I know that you're the God who is good. I know that you're the God who is not going to leave me where you found me, that you're faithful to complete the work that you've started in me. I know that I can't be separated from your love. I know that you're going to squeeze and work everything in my life for good ultimately. And that if I'm in the middle of something that looks bad, I'm not done yet, Chris Valentin says, right? Look, it's, I, I can't rely on my perspective. My perspective causes me to, 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 to have an inferior understanding of the real character of God. It's in this moment that atheists are made. Where were you, God? Where were you when so-and-so that I love died? Where were you? Well, he was right there. But your perspective was wrong. This is why it's so incredibly important to get this down deep on the inside of you so that when you're reading the Word of God, you don't come to the wrong conclusions about what you're reading there. So that when you face a mountain that looks bigger than what you can understand and it really does look like your enemies encamped all around you, you remember that your God is for you. That your God has already raised the banner of victory over your life. And see what happens in this place then. What happens right here in this place is that I'm able to take a big hard step into the place of faith. And I'm no longer crying out, oh God, where are you? What is going on? Why is my enemy encamped about me? Why do I not have victory in this? Instead I go, God, you know where I'm at. You understand my situation. I know that you see this because you're omniscient. You see everything. And I know that you're Emmanuel. You're God with me. You're in the midst of this storm with me. Would you reveal yourself to me? You see the difference? Oh God, where are you? The other is, I admit that I'm feeling disconnected right now, but I know the word. I know that he's good. I know that he's full of patience and mercy, loving kindness, like that he embodies these things, that he is these things. And because I know that, because I'm so deeply grounded in that, when it looks like this, I can actually 
enter into perfect peace. I don't feel you, God. I know that your word says you've never left me, that you've never forsaken me, but I, and I don't feel you right now. But I know by faith that you're here because I know the word of God because it's down deep on the inside of me. Open up my mind's eye. Open up my, my spiritual eyes, God, to be able to see what you're doing in this hour. And we can move into a place of thankfulness. See, there's a reason when the waves of life came crashing against the boat that Jesus was in that he was found sleeping in the bow. Because when the waves of life were crashing in like this, he was able to remain in perfect peace knowing that the Father had called him to go to the other side, knowing that the Father had not finished the ministry that he had called him to come to the earth and finish, knowing that Daddy was with him, that he had never forsaken him, that he was right there by his side, knowing that all the power in heaven was at his disposal for anything and for any purpose. You understand? He knew God. And because of that, when the waves came crashing in, it didn't matter to him, did it? It didn't make a difference. Mm-hmm. Good. Well, we've, we've officially arrived at the exact same place that I left off two weeks ago. <laughs> with, 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 with actually, with more time, I've got exactly six minutes to finish the last three pages. So we're not. I'll give it to you again another time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I'll just pray it. I was just gonna, I was gonna talk to you. I'll just pray it over you. Father, I pray that you would put the pieces of this puzzle together. Yeah. As we pursue you first for relationship, we pursue the study of the word for relationship. As we, as we get this word deep on the inside of us and we, we use it as a filter to filter everything that we come in our circumstances, everything that we read, to filter it against how amazing and how good you are. We ask that you would rewrite our paradigm this morning, Lord, that in this message, the pieces that are just scattered over weeks would somehow come together in a succinct manner on the inside of them in a deep place, Lord, that it would, that it would manifest in their life with the abundance of fruit, that it would manifest in their lives with the love for encountering you in your word, with an understanding for how to position themselves to receive that encounter, to enter into that encounter. Holy Spirit, I'm asking that you would come, that you would make yourself more known in this hour than what we have ever experienced before, so that we know we are in fact having a spirit-to-spirit encounter. Father, we say, would you come, and in fact, we declare it over ourselves, gone are the days of dusty, uh, like, uh, what am I saying, Lord? Uh, hmm, what's the word? Boring. Dusty, boring, quiet times. Where we open the book and we read it just because it's what we're supposed to do. We say, gone are those days, God. And we welcome in spirit to spirit encounter. Eyes of your, your, your eyes of revelation just be opened in Jesus' name. Your, your mind's eye, the revelation in that seer realm, just be opened in Jesus' name. That spirit connect with Him, just be open and resensitized. Put a charge on those batteries this morning, God, so that every time they open up their Bible, the transformation occurs and obvious to them in this hour that it would cultivate a love and a hunger for Your Word and for Your presence and for who You are in a way that they have not yet experienced to this hour in Jesus' name. Amen.